The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back, everyone. We're back with the 18th episode of New Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. So, better, better late than ever. I had to go ahead and delay due to uh, issues going on on Wednesday. So, yeah, expect my uh, Long Halloween Part 1 review to come out a little bit later. But uh, let's get right into everything and move forward. PWG has announced Tremendous 4 6. Show scheduled to take place on September 26th. Pro Wrestling Gorilla announced their next big show, Tremendous 6, set to take place on the 26th, with their announcement tagline being Better Late Than Ever. The first, th- first Tremendous event began. This will be the first one since July 2018th, an event headlined by then not t- p- PWG World Champion Walter versus Brody King. This is said to be the second event for PWG since the outbreak of COVID, which ret- with the return starting Mystery Vortex, set for August 1st. Both will take place in the home base of PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla Globe Theater in Los Angeles, California. And as of yet, no information regarding a card or roster has been announced, but things may be more clear following the show. Saying that the premise of the mystery vortex is that nothing is announced beforehand and every match is a mystery to the audience until the competitors appear, so maybe be. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So, PWG's back in business. Yeah. But uh, their first show is basically a mystery box, so you have to take our good word for it. Oh man, I remember, I remember when All Out made their big debut, All In happened, and they only had like 30 minutes of tickets, and then it sold within 30 minutes, to the point that they had only announced like one card at the time, one match at the time, so yeah, I think PWG can do it since they're, since they're a small promotion, they can make the moment. Props to them, let's see if they can do it. Becky Lynch is, may not return as a Raw superstar. Yay! According to a new contract and everything, according to Fight for Select Sean Rossap, she may return on a different brand. He didn't. Sean Rossap didn't know which brand would be, leave, though, leaving SmackDown NXT in UK as the three other options for Lynch outside of Raw. The match being made for SummerSlam, Triple Threat, was a bit of a surprise. A lot of people were expecting Becky to be back, but word is she might be heading to a different brand, so who knows, but they need her back bad in his Raw review. So they're not going to go ahead and, like, bring her back for Raw, because even though he's like, yeah, we know, Raw sucks, uh, we could fix it, but we're too lazy to. And, yeah, so, do I need to, do I need to... Think about doing something on that. 
but yeah, to hear that is just disheartening for some, but yeah, especially since her last championship was the Raw Women's title and she never lost it technically. She gave it to Asuka, so it's going to be pretty weird not seeing that on her anymore on Raw after being on there for so long. So her going back to SmackDown would be kind of interesting, but if she shows up in NXT, it's like Vince is not going to do that. I'm pretty sure she's heading to SmackDown because to Vince, NXT is a loser brand now since, you know, Karrion Cross has been screwed over big time. So. Okay, but like Becky Lynch, I'm looking forward to her comeback, but we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like she's not set for Monday Night Raw, regardless of what fans were cheering regarding uh, We Want Becky and her continued feud with Charlotte on Twitter. Ah, uh, God. So, Kenny Omega has provided an update that about the AEW console game. Yes! Being developed with Kenny Omega's vision in mind, the best battle machine previous reveal, he's hoping the title will be released next year, early 2022. Darby Allen's character model Sonos Moves were showcased during that last update and recently revealed the development team at Ukes and AEW Games are continuing to work on more character models and movesets. To be involved, not only in wrestling, but wrestling video games is really cool. To actually be so hands-on on an actual project is new to me. I'm dealing with it day by day. We've got a great team and a great support system. I've never gone to any meeting or any presentation feeling or acting like I know what I'm doing. I always make sure to ask everyone around me if my ideas or input is contributing in a positive way. He said on Wrestling Observer Radio, and I know I'm trying to go for a Kenny Omega impression. So far, we have a lot of cool things incorporated in the game that I think fans are going to love. When they do get their hands on this thing, I think they're going to have fun playing it. It's going to be positive. We're starting to work on some more character models. Not many of them are 100% complete, but when you see them come together and look more like the person they are supposed to be, and you see the wrestling engine and how the matches are starting to flow in the gameplay, it starts bare bones with the moves. But then to see the move sets get plugged in and other systems were incorporating little by little into that gameplay, it gets really exciting. One thing that was cool about wrestling games back in the day was people from all walks of life played wrestling games. Even if they weren't wrestling fans, I hope that our hardcore fans dig the game and fans of general wrestling like the game. I hope the people who just like games that are fun like the game and that's what we hope for. So far, so good. It's going to be a process. It's not something we're rushing. We do hope we plan to get it out by next year, but we can't commit to a solid date just in case. Oh man. And a Nintendo Switch release has not been decided upon as of early 2021. So yeah. They're gonna have to figure out how powerful the cost the game is ultimately, since this is what was rumored to be a $20 million budget, which led to AEW being in the quote financial red, but still making money. But yeah. We're gonna have to see how that goes out and I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Like AEW now, it's because they're taking their meticulous time with it, and with the new talent coming in, wink, wink, not judge, and so their best in mind. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure we might get at least a possible mid delay, but like I said, that's just a prediction, not a spoiler. 
So WWE gets to use to prove that they don't know. <laughs> oh, man. So WWE continues to prove that they only do something positive if something horrible happens. So remember when Karrion Cross showed up on Raw and he lost to Jeff Hardy in like 90 seconds and whatnot? And they were set to go one-on-one -on -one again, but the match was scrapped after the charismatic enema tested positive for COVID-19. Damn you, COVID! Uh, so it was reported, so Karrion Cross and Steph fought Keith Lee and beat the living hell out of him. However, there's been a bit of a revelation made. According to FIFA Select, the NXT champion was set to lose again to Jeff Hardy on the show, which baffled several members of the team of creative and many wrestlers, who were confused about why Cross was booked to lose once, never mind two weeks in a row. So, they were going to screw him over again? But they only didn't screw him over because Jeff Hardy got hurt. Because Jeff Hardy got sick. So it's going to take a pandemic to threaten someone's life for you to be like, hey, let's make Cross have a win here. So there was a report that came out a little bit later that apparently, I'm not it's not confirmed on that, that the original plan was to have Cross lose every time until Scarlet comes in and call, gets called up because that's always the positive way to make him look like a badass. He needs to rely on someone. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So, look, some people were debating about this, some thought it was a potentially good idea, but I was thinking, like, yeah, this would be like if you ripped Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman up and Brock lost every single match afterwards because he doesn't have Paul Heyman. He can't be a badass and whatnot, be on, be a beast without, without Paul E. Dangerously. No, 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 that, that's just impossible. They're just straight up impossible, right? Right? So... Yeah, and, and here's the thing, I probably would have had enough, I probably would have been a little bit okay with the idea of Cross losing on his debut if it wasn't 90 seconds and instead gave it a 15 minute match. That's, that, that, that's all I could have asked for. So, it took, it, it, it took Jeff Hardy getting a life-threatening disease for Cross to get a victory out of this. This is the problem that WWE is this destructive in its path to booking people. I mean, I've said, like, I'm reminded about when Enzo got fired over the incident and how he did not really tell anyone. And then Vince finally said, you know what, damn it, I'll just give Triple H the, the booking rights to 205 Live. Here you go. Because it caused a PR nightmare for WWE for how they, you know reviewing it so when you think about it that day we only will do something unless it's desperation or humiliating for them or something horrible happens like Roman turning heel and becoming the head of the table the tribal chief the acknowledge me guy 
let's be real that that only happened because roman had demands if he wanted to, if he could come back vince was trying to see if he can move on without roman they tried to omit him at times from history so they were like oh well we don't need roman he was never good anyway and then when that wasn't working out they were like please roman come back we'll give you anything you want i want i want to be a heel okay i want paul Heyman. okay like that's how bad when WWE starts to somewhat try or go all in on trying, it has to have a horrendous nightmare scenario. So, congrats! Meanwhile, AEW and internal discussions are ramping up as they become extremely concerned about rising COVID-19 cases across the United States due to the Delta variant. So it's been reported that the biggest concern is their current status of September shows in Chicago and New York. As a result of rising cases, internal discussions have ramped up over the past week about future plans should restrictions be imposed across America. The company also looked at potential long-term returns to Daily's place should a shutdown be enforced. Backstage described as an all-hands-on-deck, and a source noted Tony Khan has to make decisions about what is right for the talent staff and the fans. And, yeah, I understand. Pretty much this is a case where they're going to have to choose. Sort of. The decision might have to be made for them because, well, well, the government would have to make that decision. Or all the states would have to make a decision. So the CDC has already made recommends about the whole... Holt has recommended all Americans wear masks into our public spaces again after initially removing the advice in May. So congrats on that, America. We won the war. And yet there were morons who... We're saying, please take off your mask. It's making me uncomfortable. Because that's what you want to have a Fox News anchor say. And yes, I'm going political there because, oh my god. So, yeah. Everyone has to now plan what to do next. WWE dismantled the Thunderdome. So, they're going to have to probably build it back up. And I still don't trust WWE on anything. But, um... Yeah, they're gonna have to think of something. We're all gonna have to think of something as everything starts to go to hell again. Way to go, America! We're back where we're we're probably gonna go back to square one on this, and then that video package emotional ending was gonna be wrecked, wrecked for some people, and they'll complain and whatnot. And I'm just like, Ugh. also, I got good news. You'll see. WWE is finally going to do a Queen of the Ring, according to Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast by Adrian Zarian, and it's reported that niggas will do a key Queen of the Ring type event. Scheduled to begin on October 8th, rising on SmackDown, and October 11th, Monday Night Raw. Pointing out, hearing that Queen of the Ring tournament is currently scheduled to start on SmackDown and Raw. This will be the first all-women single tournament since the Mae Young Classic of 2018. But not right in the Mae Young Classic where they won a trophy, but they will be called Queen, insert name here. And then lose all that identity afterwards. Because that's how the King of the Ring worked for the last several years. Like Ben Corbin lost his identity, and now he is sad. Because that's a thing. 
no, seriously, I'm gonna ask this question. Why should I care about Baron Corbin again? Like, the fact that <laughs> it's not working for me. Like, I know some people are saying it's working for them, but it's like, I look at it and I'm just like, why should I feel sorry for a guy who made so many, people lives, so many people's lives miserable as a heel, tried to viciously murder them on several occasions, did murder Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio, and we are just seeing their walking shells walk around because they're zombies secretly. Really? So, why should I care about that That karma finally struck him because he finally got too cocky? I'm being serious. Why should I... But yeah, uh, I, I, I want to be optimistic about Queen of the Ring, but you know, since like I mentioned King Baron and all that stuff, how they are now being stripped of their identity and doesn't really seems like a massive push. It's just more like a, oh, here's the consolation prize these days. And, and you know, Dojo, he's going to make something stupid out of this. Can we get Evolution 2 or is that just asking too much? Meanwhile, Renee Parquet, aka Renee Young, aka Renee Mox, Renee Goodman, <laughs> yeah, Renee Moxley, uh, Renee Young went out and pissed off the tribalists during when discussing Moxley's ongoing feud with Lance Archer on Oral Sessions. Renee said, It's so layered and intriguing. There's really so much to sink your teeth into as a wrestling fan. There are so many deep roots that make storytelling fun and engaging. That's something you don't get to see in WWE. But mostly it's because of the appeal of crossover events. Wrestle Kingdom! It is a bit of poetic irony, bookending the Moxley's iconic reign with the man who he took it from. And then Renee, so uh, yeah, that already probably angered Tribalist, but now they really get mad when the she says this. AEW don't treat their fans stupid in terms of not knowing what this is and why we're going to beat you over the head and make sure you understand it. I understand the reason why they do that, obviously, WWE, but I think with smart fans, the way that people have access into looking at information that might not know and being able to connect the dots themselves, I think there's something really cool about that that people like to have a sense of discovery rather than being talked to like they don't understand. And yeah, I, I agree. Like, remember, I was watch. Remember, I remember how I said a while back that I liked the Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt feud 2015. I praised that a lot because there was actual stakes, there was actual reasoning, and there was an actual threat to it because Roman's family was involved in this. And then it led to the classic anyone but you Roman meme that was going on for a time for about three years. Yeah, that, that was a thing. Uh, but yeah, here's the thing about this feud. It had one major moment that really wrecked it a little bit. They just go ahead and have Roman Reigns come out a week after a big moment, just go and explain to everybody what happened last week because, you know, clearly people don't have the internet or watched last week. Like, WWE, let's be real, WWE's continuity issues are already confusing enough to understand, 
but when they tell you you gotta remember this this is important but fans don't care because they'll just assume you'll just make everyone forget it and act like it didn't happen remember for months and months and months they kept teasing big show and triple h having a match and then they never did the match after wasting all of our time which could be the collective amount of about 12 to 8 to to 23 hours worth of content just thrown out the window so it, i get it i get it but the tribalists of the AEW and the wwe went to war the wwe started tribalists started harassing renee calling her a traitor and saying she has no loyalty and I'm that guy that's like, you do realize he can't really say anything bad about her employer while working for them. If she had grievances, she'd probably discuss them in private, but, you know, she couldn't tell the public about it. So, yeah. And then the tribalist of AEW came to Renee's defense, calling her a hero and everything, I believe. And, you know, and then I just went ahead and just quoted a good doctor from an old show saying, If we fight like animals, we'll die like animals! Because that's where we're going at this point with wrestling fans. Oh man, we're so rabid. Oh god, cry. So, um... Oh, so Captain America the First Avenger on the 10th anniversary the screenwriting duo shared some original ideas that didn't make it to the movie apparently the original ending was going to be with a fight with a giant nutsack robot <laughs> oh, a large chunk of the third act was kept fighting this giant robot this robot was apparently a Nazi robot controlled by Red Skull called Pay, pay, Panzer Max, however, budget and time constraints forced the duo to rework the third act with Plane. <laughs> oh, and this was during the early days, so they couldn't really guarantee it because, you know, Marvel movies weren't necessarily a massive hit yet. The MCU was still in its first phase. So, Nazi robots! Now, if only we could have found an actor for him to punch Hitler. That would have been funny. So, Boz Burgers, the movie, because every animated series has to have an insert title, the movie, in. So, apparently, the movie is going to be a musical comedy mystery adventure and kind of coming of age story. Where they share details, the creator and executive producer leading the panel, saying that, uh, that let's see, uh, saying that they will break some rules of the show and will mostly mostly take and whatnot. But as talk about an episode and talk about Tina's weird fiction, where she is exploring a Blade Runner romantic dark fantasy, and going ahead and talking about the movie, e and like. They have a, they want a short type, a short coming out. I'm not gonna say it. That they hope, but the creator is hoping that can be released in theaters as well. Set to, re set to release originally in July 2020 due to the, the concerns happened, but and then after, and then many were concerned about the fate of this movie following Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox because protect the kids. <laughs> 
Disney Plus. But all seems to look well in the world of burgers. So, Final Fantasy XVI's voice capture was seemingly completed in British English first. When a focus was completed in English first, with a focus on characters with British accents. Presumably due to the high fantasy setup rather than 15.7's remakes, more sci-fi infl inflicted aesthetics. But it's weird they say that it's an English language version first before the, you know, the original language in Japan. But in this case, it comes down to creating a full facial capture for the game's characters, saying we can't possibly hand animate every cut of a scene, so this time we're doing the full facial motion captures and then adding the voices to that. So this is one of the reasons why English version is ahead of others. It says the Japanese version will be handled soon, but it's not clear if the game will feature entirely separate fa facial capture for English and Japanese versions. After the release of Ghost of Tsutsumi, many noted that there was no Japanese lip sync despite a full voice track, with demand leading to the future feature being added into the upcoming Director's Cuts. Hmm. And how it says that that voiceover work was nearly complete and that the game will likely skip the Tokyo Game Show with Yoshida. Uh, would like to show it when it's ready rather than show up pieces of the final product, which I understand because remember what happened last time they showed pieces and then the game didn't come out for another several years and everyone was pissed for a while and then no no Tetsui Nomura even admitted yeah we should not have done that Meanwhile, Death Stranding's director's cut will expand on the strange system as game passes 5 million copies sold So, speaking to Game Industry Biz, Kojima Productions head of publishing Jay Bohr confirmed the game will expand on the system with its upcoming launch on PS5. It's not clear exactly how it will be done, but apparently we'll be learning more soon, saying the core component is the social strand system, which is a unique multiplayer feature that enables players to connect with other players from around the globe through a variety of in-game actions. The director's cut will expand on the system, and we'll be showing more of that in the weeks to come. As a single-player game, Death Stranding does not allow players to team up alongside one another while traversing the vast landscape. However, the social strand system does allow players to add several important elements of online interaction, which mainly take place via the Chernel network. Upon the game's initial release, they explored how the thing allowed players to interact with one another during their travels. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, the director like I'm still saying that they should call it developers cut and whatnot because or the developers expanded edition, but yeah, give or take. Meanwhile, Ubisoft, the horrible company that just likes to destroy life. Hey, Assassin's Creed Valhalla Siege of Paris expansion release day announced set for August 12, 2021. Yay. Hey. So, yeah, I would say something, but I do not care. I no longer care. And I have Valhalla, and this is when I didn't hear about the whole thing until afterwards. So, yeah, I'm a moron. I get it. But, uh, yeah. We'll be back after these messages and a word from our sponsors. We'll be back, everybody. Take care. We're back, everyone, on Near Reality Collective. Let's get finished this off. 
Pokemon live action series developed in development at Netflix. No, and it's being led by, headed up by Lucifer's Joe Henderson. According to Variety, he's slated to write and executive produce the live action adaptation. He's currently the co-showrunner on Netflix's popular Lucifer series based on the DC comic. Reports say the series is aiming to replicate Detective Pikachu, who, however, Netflix series is his own independent production. Yes. Okay. Previously known for Almost Human, has been serving as Lucifer's co-showrunner since 2016 and moved with the series when it was picked up by Netflix. Netflix is currently home to several existing Pokemon anime seasons and the interest in developing the live action series stems from the anime success on the platform. Alongside acquiring more anime originals, Netflix is currently adapting several anime into live action, including Cowboy Bebop and One Piece. One Piece isn't even done yet. At least Cowboy Bebop, I can expect it to be live action because they've been trying for years. It's very early in development, uh, and neither the plot nor detailed casting plans have taken place. So, we'll have to see on that. Let's just hope it doesn't involve a character not not aging for 20 to 30 years, and then we'll never get an explanation until we go ahead and get an explanation. Not really, but fan fan theories about the whole, whole ashes in a coma thing. So... Yeah, Activision Blizzard employees are staging a massive walkout. <laughs> because of their horribleness. And... Blizzard told employees this afternoon it will, pay, it will offer paid time off to those participating in tomorrow's walkout. So there's a lot of demands here, reasonable because of, uh, <laughs> yeah, especially how what came out. So Activision Blizzard should either be destroyed from within or remove all the bad people. Bobby Kotek, you know, the psychopath, left, issued a new statement calling Activision Blizzard's initial statement tone deaf. Let me just double check out who exactly said it was tone deaf. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The Blizzard spokesperson. So, uh, yeah, that's still your company, and that spokesperson had to have said something representing you. So, did you write that speech, or is Bobby Kotick trying to go ahead and play him, playing the sole spokesperson, and not, you know, himself? I am not going into this. If I keep going into this, I will be depressed and pissed beyond belief. Anyway, so so Bioware has released an infograph featuring all our details of Commander Shepard Legendary Edition. We got 32% Fem Shepard, Fem Shep, Male Shepard was dominated by 68%. Military specialization was soldier 40% as the dominant norm. Dominant pre-service history is Earthborn. Psychological profile is survivor with war hero nicking in a nearly by 1%. Who was rescued on Rimmire? 60 say Ashley, 40 say Caden, 94% say Rex survives, 93% say the Rachnine Queen, and and ultimately allied with it, 
So props to they it. And the squad mates most likely to survive range from Garrus being number one and Warden being number 12. Meanwhile, the Genophage was indeed cured and Tally was pardoned. And most popular squad mates range from Garrus all the way to Caden at number six. And during the big Ragnarok mission, you achieved peace, 80%. Yes. Meanwhile, because we're all funny with the jokes, we go ahead and address the reporter, aka's name I will not try to pronounce because that is a super long name. And we all went with the comedic punch to the face. While I am the 32% who questions with candor and grace. With candor and grace. Meanwhile, everyone got the whole players who spent way too long looking for the last keeper, which they swear they scanned already, and how did they miss that? 100% of all players. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm trying to do trying to do something with my Mass Effect footage I got. Uh, I, I, I hope to have some details when I think of something. So, Die Hard prequel McClane is dead. Okay. Apparently, it was abandoned following the Disney Fox merger, saying, uh, yeah, it's not happening. What was really interesting, we actually came up with an idea to do it. It was a project that wasn't Die Hard then, that then, and eventually shifted over to Die Hard. The claim was set to feature Bruce Willis's return to John McClane with a structure that would have shifted between modern timeline and the 1970s. A different actor would have played the younger version of McClane with the story exploring the character's early days as a New York police officer. Okay, but considering what happened to the last one, uh, Good Day to Die Hard, which was not good for people. Um, yeah, uh, I understand that. <laughs> Probably for the best. Even 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 Bruce Willis even admitted in an interview before the film that, yeah, it's not good. And I think he lost his mind afterwards. Meanwhile, Xbox Series XS is currently the fastest selling consoles in Xbox history. Yes! Hooray! 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 Meanwhile, PS5 passes 10 million units sold, but there's a lot of work ahead to make more units. Jim Ryan has acknowledged that there's still not enough consoles available, and they finally surpassed the milestone on July 18th. Yes! And now, due to the ongoing global chip shortage, let's see, there was an update saying that the chip shortage affecting every part of gaming could drag into, uh, 2023? No. Well, that sucks. Also, Interplay looked like it was being set for a return, only to be revealed. Yeah, someone faked it. Publisher Interplay Entertainment has announced that a Twitter account claiming to announce the relaunch of the story developer is a fake. Well, that sucks. Oh dear. Considering <laughs> what happened to Interplay recently, I'm pretty sure we should just call it a day at this point. I'm still surprised that company's still alive. Considering, like, what? There's like. How many people are still working in Interplay? Let's check. 
there's about employees according to LinkedIn. Damn. Like, can we just call it a day? Can we just call it a day at this point? I I'm kind of convinced we should just call it a day. <laughs> Sucks. Meanwhile, for those who like Arthur, because I was still gone going for the last e for the for so long, I thought the show was dead dead back in the early 2000s. Nope. So, yeah, turns out, following rumors and speculation, Arthur is ending in 2022 with his 25th season, The End to Memes, dating back from 1996. Oh, God. Oh, man. Damn. Uh I was still surprised when I heard that the show was still alive a few years back. I was like, wait, really? Oh, man. So they're going to, so in the winter of 2022, the 25th and final season of Arthur will debut. Arthur will continue to be available on PBS Kids for years to come. Um, and they're continuing to work on additional content for Arthur, sharing the lessons of Arthur and his friends in new ways. Doesn't involve finally aging up DW to stop her to be an evil person. I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, Call of Duty Last of Us God War developers set up a new AAA studio called That's No Moon with a backed $100 million investment. I'm pretty sure Disney's gonna sue because they'll claim that we own the That's No Moon meme because, yeah. This first game will be apparently an ambitious new action adventure game that will approach both limits of gameplay and story. Yes! And apparently they previously, the two head developers previously worked at Infinity Ward and, and Naughty Dog, I can't pronounce their names, Jacob Minkoff and Taylor Kuriski. I'm pretty sure I, I butchered that. So we got a ton of great talent. God of War, Fortnite, Last of Us 2, Destiny, Uncharted 4, Thieves in, and many more. And they have a $100 million investment from Smilegate Creative of the Crossfire series, which will be acting in a partnership role. Yes, we'll have to go into looking for that. We have to see how that looks, huh? We'll see. Can't wait. Ubisoft employees sign letters supporting Activision Blizzard's walkout and demand better from Ubisoft. Like Ubisoft, like Activision Blizzard, Ubisoft was revealed to be a horrible, 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 horrible company. To the point that you will cry every single time when you have to hear it. So they're supporting Blizzard. Bungie condemned Activision Blizzard. Ubisoft got condemned. Everyone's been condemned. We might as well just condemn each other. And, oh, wait, we already do that. But anyways. 
Meanwhile, Netflix is said to be the first major Hollywood studio to require COVID-19 vaccinations. Vaccinations were required for all actors and any production team members in close proximity. This is following the return to work protocol agreed upon by unions and studios last week. But while vaccinations are mandatory, Netflix will reportedly be making a handful of exceptions for medical, religious, or and age reasons. No, I like medical. I, I get because some people are immunocompromised or you know are in chemo. So fine, I, I get that part. But religious and age, okay, maybe they can't give it to all little kids. Religious, um, I'm not a religious guy, so. I'm not gonna go into the subject, but I will possibly be, uh, I will probably be be annoyed if, if people are saying that it is against my religious beliefs to get to have a to have a potential fight against this deadly virus because famine and disease is not part has not been a history in the religious texts. I'm like I could be wrong. I don't read the Bible. I just hear the stories about it and think that they would be epic set pieces. Meanwhile, let's get to our final piece of BS news on NRC. The United States, United States states areas such as California and four and five others ban certain high-end PCs because they use too much power. Okay, so. California passed this law that effectively banned high-end gaming PC game PC systems because because they consume too because they produce they use too much power. Okay, fine. You're not really addressing like I'm not saying that's not a legit issue. I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like um, how about we focus on the most important thing about the environment in California, especially, and most of the West Coast. Uh, let, let me try and tell you what it is. People using high-end explosives during events of, of gender reveal parties. Can we address that? Because our, no, no one's bringing that up anymore. The wildfires wasn't because gaming hardware exploded. At least I don't think any did. But all I hear every time when I hear, hear insert thing caused forest fire, it's always been the same thing. Gender reveal parties using dynamite, explosives, firecrackers in dry weather, in dry areas. Because, you know, they clearly aren't listening to their own advice. And then you got crazy people saying saying pools filled with equipment on fire because they want to be edgy to be edgelords and then ultimately get pissed off by the state of California and the mayor or of, of, of Los Angeles and I'm not certainly referencing a certain poll <laughs> so yeah uh, I heard this and I was like so you're addressing the environmental concerns. How about you also address gender reveal parties? Then I'll be okay. Then I would just be okay with this. I mean, uh, that Dell also stated that any orders that were slated to ship there to those states will now no longer be will now be canceled. Saying so, things like Alienware Aurora R10 and R12, such as in California, Colorado, Hawaii. Oregon, Vermont, or Washington, Washington State, 
they they have basically are are banned. They're no longer available. So does California effectively mean that they have disowned Silicon Valley? Like Bitcoin mining alone, like forecasters have said that Bitcoin mining alone could consume as much power as Italy in less than five years. Uh, so get ready for cryptocurrency scamming to be more and more before the market collapse. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's all the news we have. Oh, God. Thank you, for everyone, for being here for the 18th episode of NRC. Love to see you all again for Saturday or Sunday's episode. This was NRC. Let's see if I have a final word from our sponsor, and then also we go out. Peace and take care, everybody. Have a nice night. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.